What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of INT the podcast. It's not that serious. I'm your host, A Train, joined by my good friend and co host, King. What's going on, King? Not too much. Well, we did have the debut of Wimby. Oh, yeah. What you thought about that? Yeah. Wasn't that exciting? But his second game was. Yeah. Then they shut him down. I yeah. mean, I think he's going to be, you know, be a great player. I, um, I hope so. I know. I, I mentioned this before, but I think worst case scenario, he's going to be one of the best defenders in the league. Um, just, 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 just from the get go. Same thing with Chet Holmgren. I think Chet Holmgren is going to be a great defender. Um, because even he just, though he's the slowest person since Jokic, yeah, just the length, the wingspan, being able to cover ground and as free of steps as possible. Um, weak side help, you know, um, weak side shot blocking. You know, it's going to be uh, really big for Chet. Um, whereas Wimby, I think he's just going to be a great on-ball defender. Um, he has really good feet. Um, you know, great, great skills there. I think, you know, he's going to be um, – I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a top-five player of all time, you know. Which is unfortunate where people way, think he way, needs to be. Way too early to, to say that, but I do think, uh, barring injuries, he's going to be a very good player. Chet, you know, um, the – uh, no, I gotta uh, agree with you. You know, and just to still piggyback, wait on him. Yeah, just to piggyback off what you said, you know, as, as for both guys, um, my only concern is the injury. You know, guys yeah. that tall tend to have foot and ankle problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Lower body injuries, foot, <laughs> right. ankle, knee. Like it's it's very common for those guys. You know, like I can we can go through a long list of players mm-hmm. who Yao Ming, Sean Bradley battled with injuries. George Morrison was never well, he was tr- trash, but he wasn't very good. Uh, uh, was never good. Rick Smith retired because of a foot injury. Avila Sabonis, you know, we did not get to see the best of Sabonis well, because to be fair, he's like fifty years old by the time he came to the states. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, but, but his knees are already shot by then. This is also true. Yeah, and then you know, Ralph Sampson, who you know, Hall of Famer, um, one of the most hyped players to ever come into the NBA. He, you know, came out on, you know, lighting the, 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 the NBA on fire. Then he had uh, lower body injuries. So I mean, mm-hmm. you see guys that big, and it, it rarely works out well for them. But you know, uh, I do think he has a good frame. Uh, I know people say he's skinny, but I think his frame is actually pretty good. I think he can actually add on to some muscle. Yeah, I think he needs um, – he's the um, – I remember we talked about this when Kevin Durant got drafted. Durant get bigger, get stronger. But that was one of the things we always had the conversation. It's not so much – like people are like, oh, he needs to add 30, 40 pounds. And we were more in the agreement, well, he, he needs to definitely get stronger. Mm-hmm. And if that's 10 pounds of muscle, you know, great. But the most important thing is – he has to get stronger. I think the same yeah. thing for both Chet and Wimby. Exactly. They need to be stronger. Exactly. You know, get stronger. And if your body's going to fill out, it's going to fill out regardless. You right. Know, as yeah. you age, it's going to fill out. But just get stronger, you know, build some solid muscle on those bones. And, you know, it'll, it'll you know, um, benefit you in the long run. Yeah, it'll help you out. Yeah. But, um, but that's not why we're here, though. We're not here oh, to, no. to talk about the NBA. Although, you know, I love the NBA. We're here to talk about, here's the preview the SEC, you know, we've done how many teams we've done so far? Five teams. We've done three? five. So yeah, we've done five. five. So we got three more slated today. We got a trio of SEC West teams. Um, we got two big surprises from last year, and then one team we just knew was gonna be terrible, and that's Auburn Tigers. Um, LSU was a surprise on the good side, and them surprised on the bad side. But we're gonna start off with Auburn, new head coach 
Hugh Freeze, not not um, you know, not too unfamiliar with the SEC himself, uh, looking to turn around this Auburn team. Auburn actually has the over under win total of six and a half. Um, not sure where that came from, but maybe when we dive into the schedule, it'll make more sense. But um, quickly, well, not really quickly, but what's your take on Auburn this season? What will be a success for them? Do you think? I'm gonna be honest with you. Looking at Auburn, you know, while preparing for this, I wanted to go back and watch some tape, and I watched a little bit, and then I came to my senses like I can't keep doing this because <laughs> Auburn was not a very good football team last year. They've got some gaping holes on this team, and I don't see where the impact guys are gonna come from. You know, yeah. looking at you know, some of the positions that they have, you know, obviously offensive line play has to improve this year. It has to improve. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure that it will. You know, Hugh Freeze has never been known to have a dominant offensive line. Yeah. At any stop he's gone. And I think to play in the SEC, especially the West, you have to have a good offensive line. I think the days of, oh, well, we have a good tackle and a guard or two can play. I think that's done in the SEC. If you have an average to below average offensive line, that's a guaranteed seven losses. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think, you know, the big key for them is is the quarterback position. You know, last season you had um, – I'm breaking on his name. You got from LSU. The, anyway, don't oh, matter. About- the fact that I'm breaking on his name is enough right there. But Robbie Ashford took over and looked pretty good last year when he did come in and play. Very athletic guy. Um, not quite developed as a thrower, but they did bring in Peyton Thorne, a um, transfer from Michigan State, who all indications are probably going to win that starting job this season. And I think that fits more of a Hugh Freeze won't anyway, the quarterback position. You know, Hugh Freeze, he does have a, uh, a that, that, uh, dynamic offense, and he, you know, he does. Um, use dual threat guys, but he also, you know, can use pocket passes. He's done it in the past um, with like guys like Bo Wallace, you know, at Ole Miss, and then you know he had Malik Willis at Liberty. Um, so um, he, you know, he's he has a good track record with, uh, with QBs and, and and with um with really eyeing QBs. So I think Prater Thorne's gonna be a good fit for them. Um, but they just like you said, they just got to get better on the offensive line. They were among the worst. In well, the country you, last season. Right. And the catch is, I know some people are going to say, hey, well, you know, they ran the football pretty well last year. And they did. They, they actually did run the football pretty well. But there's more to football than just run blocking. Yep. You know, and while they ran the football pretty well last year, they weren't exceptional. I don't think anybody was actually fearing the Auburn rushing attack. Uh, I mean, I know they had Tanks Bigsby, but He's not yeah. the person I'm super high on. You know, I think he's just your average run-of-the-mill college running back. Do you see anything special coming from him? Uh, well, I think more than anything, I don't. I forgot about him. I thought he was gone. To be honest with you, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he he's gone. But but, um, but yeah, but they got John Kiss Hunter though, who's actually pretty yes. good. Yeah, and he's gonna be. He was their guy last year. He yeah, was, yeah, the, he's the definitely he's definitely gonna be the bell cow, I believe. Yeah. Um, for them, so and you know they're gonna you know try to <coughs> excuse me uh, try to ride him to the promised land. But honestly, outside of the quarter, I mean, at, uh, 
offense, they just don't really have that many weapons. I feel. No. I mean, you got Hunter, you got Thorne. I mean, who else they have? I mean, they always well, have good tight ends, so I'm sure they got one. Well, the one but, plus is we know Hunter is going to help him out in the passing attack. You know, he he caught quite a few passes last year. I'm assuming he's going to do that again this year. I, I think, if I'm correct, he was third in the team in receiving yards. I can believe that. Yeah, it wasn't very much, but still, if you're run, if your backup running back or spellback is still the third leading, you know, pass catcher. Yeah, I'm expecting Hugh Freeze is going to utilize Hagen. He's a great option at the backfield. It's just this team, they don't have a whole lot. They didn't get those splash transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Finley, that's the name I was trying to think of. Yeah, oh, I remember him at LSU. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of, of Robbie, do you think he transfers out this year? I mean, um, I mean, he stuck around and he, he missed the window. So, um, I think he, you know, I I can see them going um with with two quarterbacks. You know, uh, I can see him, comp- you know, I, I can see Hugh Freeze having a package for Ashby. I, I, I'm sorry, Ashford. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> combining um uh, Ashford and um uh, Bixby, um uh, for uh, Ashford in. You know, just some uh, design runs, third and shorts, fourth and shorts, um, things like that. So, I mean, I do think he's going to be a part of the offense, but I think they're going to give the keys to Thorne and that, and see yeah. what he can do. Which I think is the right decision. I do think Thorne yeah. should, should get the keys. I have a question, and because we don't see this too often anymore in college football, do you think a position change would be good for Ashford? I mean, if you're going to stick it out, he's an Alabama kid. He went to mm-hmm. Hoover. He's chose Auburn. It seems like he wants to play at Auburn. At 6'3", 200 pounds, do you think he could – and he can move. Do you think he can move to receiver maybe? I mean, I think he can. Because um, guys don't do that as much nowadays. They yeah, just... yeah, you don't see it as much as he used to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can see it happening. I can see, you know, it, and, but it, the, the, the question with that would be simply – Will he be better than what you currently have, the receiver? Like, I wouldn't move him just for the sake of moving him. You know, I would move him if he's going to get on the field. Um, Fair enough. Now, I'll also have a conversation with him, though, and be tell him, you know, hey, your best chance of playing at, at the next level is that receiver. And right. you, can, you can do with that if you wish you will. But I wouldn't just move him for the sake of moving him. It'll be well, because the, I think he can help the team by moving. The reason why I ask that is because they don't have much of a receiver. Yeah. So, I think at least to me, he's he did probably... get a transfer from Jackson State, though. Who's um, um, uh, Shane Hooks, who had like seven hundred yards last season, and big kid, six four. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's gonna help out, but looking at the production they got last season at the receiver position, it wasn't much. I. To me, if I'm Hugh Freeze, I'm taking your advice. I'm going to have a conversation with him and just say, hey, look, you know, you could transfer out to go play quarterback at Alabama State, but realistically, you're not going to play quarterback in the NFL if you ever get there. Yeah. Um, because yeah. he's a big kid. You know, he, he he's, a, he's a big physical kid. Yeah, I mean, great athlete. You know, I watched him a few times. Like, pretty much once he started getting regular reps, the Auburn offense did look better. Yes, and, because with TJ Finley, he just yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't pretty. 
it was nah. like, you know, inside joke coming here. It was like when King was playing NCAA football and um, hey. he was at, at, at the goal line with, with a chance to win. His quarterback threw the ball to the uprights. This is true. That man yeah. stood in the pocket and threw it into the stands. And that's what TJ Finley was doing. He was <laughs> missing throws. And that's also one of the things I think affects the offensive line. You know, a lot of a lot of spectators don't realize it. It is demoralizing as an offensive lineman. You know, you're, you're knocking people down. You got to deal with these super athletes at DN and D tackle. Pick up all these pack, you know, these blitz packages, and then you, you know, watch the ball sail mm-hmm. grandma on the fourth row, and you're like, like you do uh, every phase correctly. You got the offensive line doing their job. The running backs picking up the blitz. The receivers running crisp routes, and then a the quarterback overthrows. It's demoralizing. It is very demoralizing because that's the one thing the offensive line will see. We won't see anything that happens behind us if we're doing our job. No yeah. lookout calls. No, and even worse, you know, when the quarterback holds the ball too long oh, and don't true. find over receiver, and then he end up getting a sack, and it's like, well, I mean, well, yeah, we we can't block the ball the out. Yeah, gotta get the ball and, out. Right, and the TJ had a, quite a few. Yeah, I think is his college football career done. Oh, uh, he transferred to Texas State. That's not answering my question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't I think just, he's a Sun Belt quarterback. I, I do think he, he he probably would have been a good tight end, but that's not not the yeah. But there. that's what I'm saying. Like these kids, and just to segue out of Auburn because yeah, I do have uh, one more point. To our oh, okay. to prediction though. So, uh, look 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 at their roster though. Roster though, they did add three offensive linemen in the transfer portal. So, so we talked a lot about the offensive linemen. Uh, yes, the they did line. address it. So, they, so we'll see how those guys uh, gel. Um, I do think they're going to need a game or two to gel, but hopefully those guys, for their sake, because I hate Auburn, so for me, I don't care if they do good or not, but for their sake, hopefully they will uh, really, you know, uh, gel and this improve, improve that unit. Worst, this is also one of the worst teams that get into the quarterback. You know, I know Derek Hall, but he's gone. Yeah, Derek Hall's gone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, look at at the Auburn though a little deeper. They're over under. Um, hmm. I'm gonna mention something in a second here, but I'll get back to that in a second. Um, they're over under is six and a half. Uh, last season they finished five and seven, which honestly was better than I thought they would. But but you know when Cadillac took over the team, really they looked better at the end of the season. Yeah, they got excited for Cadillac. Um, looking at their schedule, do you think they go over or under? And I'm gonna show. Uh, mention this prediction that I see also on this website as well. But um, someone had them beating Bama at the end of the year, so must have been an Auburn fan writing this out and them going eight and four. But yeah. But um, what do you think looking at their schedule? I, I have to be honest. For them to get, let's see, the very first game. You know, obviously they should start off the season. They really should be three and zero. Yeah, agreed. They they definitely should be three and zero. UMass, Cal, and Stanford. And Stanford, sorry. Stanford, not even Stanford. These these boys. But after that, I don't see how they get six wins. Yeah. Well, let's take the back. I can see them getting six. I can see them getting six. But what? I'm going five and seven. Okay. 
I think they. I think they'll win their non-conference. They also play Vanderbilt. So, I, yeah. But as crazy as they sound, I guess this team could. But you know what? I'm saying five and seven, but I think they're gonna slip up against Cal, and then they'll. I don't know. This is Auburn. They'll probably beat Ole Miss, or get run out of the building. Yeah. Because and I'm saying this. Yeah. I'm gonna go five and seven. Okay, I'm gonna go. I think I think they go over. Okay. Uh, I, I think they, well, I think they go seven. Um, I think they win all four non-conference games. Very doable. And then, I think Georgia, LSU, Bama are sure losses. I don't think they win at Arkansas. Um, and, and but I do think they can be Vandy. Um, and then you have Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And um A and M, and I think they can win. You know, one of those games. So that I guess that might have been six instead of seven. Either way, uh, I think you know. No, I, I don't think you're wrong. I actually do believe like which is oh, they okay, have no, winnable no, games. I'm gonna go six. I'm gonna go six actually. I think between Ole Miss, Mississippi State, A and M, I think they get one. I don't think they get two. Yeah. So with that, I got I got them at six. But I think they're gonna lose two of those games. They're gonna lose to um LSU. So that's three. They're gonna lose to Georgia. They're gonna lose to Bama, and I have them lose to Arkansas as well. So yeah, yeah. You see, the kids. The reason I don't think they have a chance against Mississippi State is they couldn't get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, but State's the big mystery to me, though. It's just I think that this is a year where they can really string have a nine to ten win season. Although most people predict them finish last in the conference in in, in in the division again, and. Normally, I will like just laugh at their face and just to tell how stupid they are. But with the coaching change, the scheme change, going from an air raid yeah. to a you know running a lot of pistol formations, and you know, um, it's it's going to be different. You know, Who's so the, are y'all expecting to run the quarterback more? Is that why y'all moving more to the pistol? Well, it's not going to be a pistol uh, based. Like it's more of a pro, um, it's not a pro style. I'm trying to, I, I don't even know how to even even. Describe his offense, but it's the former Appalachian State offense coordinator, um, okay. Kevin Barbe. Um, yeah, they run a lot of pistol sets in it, you know. Um, that's some array concepts, like always, spread concepts, things like that. You know, it is more, it, 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 this is going to sound weird when I say this, but it's more pro style, you know. It sounds yeah. weird when you, we, 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 um, conflate, you know, pistols to pro style, but that's, that's, the, that's the, you know, the, the day and age we are in right now, you know, right? Where uh, you know the formation might be pistol, but they're going to run a lot of pro style concepts. You know, they're going to use the tight ends, use two tight ends. Um, we didn't have any, any tight ends on the roster last season, so um, the finish last, pick the finish last. But I think they can be a great team if it all just based on the talent. Gonna, they're either going to sneak up on people, yeah. Or... So that's why it's tough to really make that prediction. I guess you know with Auburn beats them or not, because it's like. I, I don't know about Mississippi State. I do think between Ole Miss, A and M, and State Auburn would get one of those games, though for sure. My my question, and this is the thing I say for every team, teams that are trying because to me, I can, I'm gonna word this best. Transfer portal. I think you can always p- pull out a running back, a receiver, you know, because hey, those guys come in do your job. But offensive line, like I said, Auburn's pulling in guys, three starters. Yeah. You know, 
you weren't very good last year. So you're trying to mismatch these guys in, and you have a short amount of time to get them up to speed, get comfortable, get familiar, try to build that trust. And I'm not sure they're going to get that done. But then on the flip side, this team can't rush the passer. You know, yeah. the, the second most sacks, I think, returning this year is two. It might even be less than that. Like they really did yeah. not get to the core. But they only had two guys in their entire team get five or more sacks. Yeah, they're gonna have to figure that out. Yeah, I agree. That, right. That's that's my big question. Okay, so uh, moving on from um, obviously the worst team in SEC last year to the SEC West champions surprised a lot of people with that. Um, and um, LSU Tigers. LSU has over under of nine and a half, pretty lofty, but they are the defending SEC champions. So yes, you know, I mean, it is what it is. They also have one of the best transfer portal classes coming in as well. Um, you know, they had the best transfer in women's basketball with Andrew Reese. They had the best transfer in baseball with Paul Skeens. They have one of the best transfer classes. You see what I'm getting at here. But uh, year two, year two, year two. Is do, you think, true? do you think this could be the year? I think not, but LSU fans, they're believing. They're I mean, I get they're why believing. they're believing. I completely understand why they're believing. However, I think their belief is a little misplaced. This team is gonna be good. I don't I do not think this team is gonna be bad any way, shape, form, or fashion. I really yeah. don't. I think this team is gonna compete. No questions asked. But to be honest with you. I don't think this team makes that big jump the way everyone... Because they need to make a big jump to to catch up with Bama and Georgia. Yeah. And... I agree with that. I don't think they're there yet. And what, and I've, been saying about, what, I, what I've been saying about LSU is that I feel they have... They overachieved last season. I think this year, they're probably going to be back down to earth a little bit. But back down to earth is second in the West. Nine potentially ten regular season wins. They're going to be a very good team this year. Um, Jaden Daniels, you know, we 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 were kind of critical of him last season, but we also sung his praises because all we said with Jaden Daniels that he needs to look downfield more. Um, he would, you know, early in the season, if if the um, the first option wasn't there, he would just take off, you know. But once he started looking downfield and actually extending plays, they the offense became so much better, so much more dynamic. And you, and that's really what propelled them from, you know, being underdogs at home at, at during points of the season to winning the SEC West. So, um, but this year, you know, uh, over on this nine nine and a half again, a big big transfer portal class coming in. They have like sound like four of the top cornerback transfers in the country coming yeah. in. Um, yeah, I mean they. Got some oh, linemen, some and, receivers. You know, Mason you know. Smith is going to be healthy this year. Exactly. People forget that. People forget that. Yeah, he he went down early in the season last season on a celebration. On yeah, like the third play of the game. And he still got Perkins, who, quite frankly, is probably my pick for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I think he that that kid is special. I, I will say, I think having Mason in the middle causing some mayhem, I think, is going to be a big help. Yeah, I. My question is this, okay? Because looking at LSU's schedule, I have to admit 
it would not shock me if they win ten games. Yeah, they could easily go eleven and one, and I don't think it it really would be a stretch for them to actually do that. I just don't see this team beating Bama. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I think this team needs a lot more than what they're getting currently. Yeah, that schedule is very favorable. It's very, very favorable. You know, if we get Jaden Daniels that we got towards the end of the season, I think for sure they're a better team. But yeah. at the same time, I think this team, I'm a big believer in balance. I would like to see a little bit more out of the running back group from Alabama, from, from uh, LSU. Sorry about that. Because, you know, you got Emory. I believe he's coming back. So I'm pretty sure that man been college football for forever. But just yeah, keep... he just can't stay eligible. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Just like he's just been playing football for forever. Yeah. But he's a good football player. But I'm assuming this is his last year. He he, he can't come back. <laughs> you know, I'm assuming that. But I would like to see them get a little bit more at receiver. I'm sure they have they have tons of talent. Yeah, they um, they always they always do. That's yeah. one thing about LSU. You know, they're always going to have talent, especially at receiver. Right, as it they have tons of talent. I mean, you, you know, you lose Booty, but quite frankly, but uh, Malik Neighbors was their best receiver well, last year. Well, he was season. their best receiver last year. You know, Kayshawn sure with Mississippi State, but yeah, <clears> that's so true. Uh, <laughs> but like you know, some of those guys, I think, like you said, they burn all of those corners, DBs. I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, I I truly do. All right. I just think this team, this group, they're not quite there yet. Uh, I'm not. Obviously, they need some guys to step up on defense. At you know, you you are losing BJ. That's a loss. But you got Harold Perkins, who's like you said, arguably, mm-hmm. he is probably a you know a Buckus because he is technically a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's got to be in the conversation for the Dick Buckus Award at the end of the season. Yeah, he's got to be up there for the bed, Eric. Like he, that man is gonna cause some some mayhem this year. I totally agree with that. Because especially in the West, I mean, what game? What game was that last year where um the team just refused to block him? Oh, wasn't that Auburn? I think it was. <laughs> they just decided, you know what? Well, we we just not gonna block him. I'm pretty sure that was Auburn. Yeah, he just. But that that's what I'm saying. Like the kid had some amazing plays. Or was it Arkansas? Is that the Arkansas or Auburn? I don't you remember. Know, Arkansas sounds right though. Arkansas sounds I think it's Arkansas. But this, was it. it's, this year in the SEC, I really do mean this. I don't think this old line class is as good as last year. Yeah. Yeah. They have, you know, uh Will Campbell, but you know. Yeah, but I'm talking about as far as the entire conference. Gotcha. Got you, got you, got you. I think the West is a lot weaker. You know, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of teams graduated a lot of people, and they did not reload. Yeah. So, <laughs> with, with, with LSU's schedule, you know, nine and a half, do you think they go over or under? Oh, over. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm confident. I agree. Again, they have a very favorable schedule. So, let me, let me, let me just illustrate how favorable that schedule is for the people who, you know, um, so, you know, they have four true road games this season. That's it. Four true road games. Mm-hmm. At Alabama, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri. 
Um, they have a, a they have a road game technically against Florida State though. It was, it was in Orlando, so technically it's a road game. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be a, a key game for them. But you know, outside of that, non conference you got Grambling, and you have Georgia State, and then you also have Army as well. That's gonna yeah. be an interesting game. But in the East. I would say that the three first teams in the East are Bandy, Missouri, Florida. They got Missouri and Florida. Um, it's just it's favorable. I mean, and then the best team they play against Bama, they play them on the road. So if you were to say that you know they project to lose to Bama, well, they got them on the road anyway, so they got the more favorable matchups at home. This is yeah. a very, very, very good. Is, I could see them going eleven and one and sticking to the playoffs. Going, the fact that they're going, you know, Vegas thinks nine. I'm gonna call it lead pipe like lead pipe lock. People, call your bookies, get on your apps, take the over. Because I think that's just easy money this year. Yeah. I mean, the only sure loss I see is Bama. It's not it's, that's not even a sure loss of being honest with you. I mean Well it's really not, but I have some when we get to Bama, I'm gonna explain why I believe Bama is going to beat LSU. Okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, they I'm have, pretty confident about it this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they rolled against AM, rolled against all of last year. AM did play spoiler, but rolled against AM, rolled against Florida, rolled against, yeah. you know, Auburn. I was talking about AM when we get to AM this episode. You know, and then Mississippi State, September 16th. That's going to be the first big test for, for, for uh, yeah, they're going to Starks Vegas. But, but not, well, well, sorry. First big test, Mississippi State, but. It's going to be an interesting game because I think that, um, you know, again, we don't know how State's going to look. Remember, if you remember last season, Mississippi State was a favorite going into Death Valley and controlled the game until they just, you know, kept getting stopped on fourth and short by idiotic play calling. But that's another story in itself. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's a big game. So, but, yeah, I, I think they have a very favorable schedule. Like, you know, like it's a combination of, of – the West not being strong, plus the schedule. I think they – I I have 10 games the, easy. The, the thing – the reason why I think this team is going to be better is – I got to say this best. Look at the history of Notre Dame's offensive line groups. Yeah. You know, LSU's O-line played pretty well last year. I think they're going to play even better this year. They should have the best offensive line in the West. I don't think yeah. they have the best offensive line in the SEC, but I do believe they're going to have the best in the West. Okay. Just because I think they have a little bit more coming back, and Bama, Bama's going to be right in their heels. Like, you know, Bama doesn't ever have a bad offensive line. You know, but the same, to be fair, Bama also rarely ever has a truly elite offensive line. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're always really good, but they're never truly like, oh, man, they're so dominant. I think LSU has a chance to be almost as good as Tennessee's group last year. Yeah. Almost. I mean, granted, now with that being said, we saw what Georgia did today. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Couldn't get much better than Tennessee, and, you know, Georgia just made them look silly. Yeah, Georgia's just a uh, – they're playing a different game than everybody else. Yeah, it does seem like that. Yeah. All right, speaking of different game. Last year, A and M played a different game from everybody because we didn't know what the heck was going on with them. Oh, I don't know. They knew a game they were playing. Uh, <laughs> last year they finished five and seven, two and six in the conference. Uh, Jumbo, I would have fired them and just paid the man, but it's not my money. Uh, <laughs> but 
I got a quote for you from Media Day from Jimbo. Go ahead. When asked, you know, does he feel any pressure for this year? He said, quote, there is no added pressure. End quote. I'm not going to read the rest of the foolishness because he, Train, he went five and seven. (laughs) You know, I could be wrong, but how is it possible that there isn't any pressure this year? What do you think? Do you think he's just selling it to the team? Is he trying to convince himself? Is he trying to convince Aggie fans like, hey, it's just any any of the year? Yes. Oh, great. Now, this is my <laughs> question. As if, if, if you were a fan of the Aggies, do you want to hear your coach say there's no pressure on us, even though we just performed horribly last season? I mean... Honestly, no. Um, you kind of want him to embrace it, you know. And I feel like he's not embracing Arnold too. I feel like Jimbo is just—he just—I don't want to say delusional. That's kind of a strong word, but uh, yeah, I just feel like he just feels that you know, hey, everyone's you know, we're all in this together. Everyone you know is riding with me. I got this on lock, you know, and we'll be I all right. Have and, a whole lot of money on lock. Yeah. They believe in me. When in reality, they just don't want to pay you. Well, they're going to yeah. pay you anyway. They don't want to pay you for free. Right. They don't want to give you that lump sum. And I just... We know they have one of the worst defense in all... Of, well, technically, they weren't one of the worst because their pass defense was pretty good last year, no. numbers-wise. Yeah. My prediction for a and I don't have a winning law prediction just yet, but my prediction is... They would be negotiating the buyout with Jimbo at the end of the season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now that's pretty bold. Now if I'm Jimbo, I'm like, nah, you pay me what you owe me. But I think they're gonna try to negotiate something. Because maybe defer, I don't know, but I mean that's a that's a pretty bold statement. I have to agree with you. Because like I was saying about the defense, train, we discussed this at length last year. That run defense was horrible. Yeah. But they didn't they bring in one of the best defensive classes? I mean, they brought in one of the greatest recruiting classes of all time. Yeah. And it led to one of the worst run defenses in the SEC. And they had a lot of good D-line talent. Granted, it was young talent, but they had a lot of D-line talent that they brought in, you know. Well, yeah, it also helps when you never can actually get them to the flow of the game because they're just rotating all these people. Yeah. Which... I mean, and then and then offensively, you know, they're uh, – uh, the Devontae Shane offense, which you know, um, man, I felt I felt bad for that boy all all year, all hey, year. Hey, hey, he, you know, sure he had to do a lot. You know, sure he also had to return as well. But you but know, when the offense did. come on the field, he should have just came on the field by himself. He was he the could offense. have, he could have at times because there were some games where it's like him and Moose Muhammad. If you take away those two, how much offense did they actually generate last year? Mm, wasn't much. I mean, they had some um, other receivers step up, but yeah, I felt like those two were the ones who really were like playing with like a chip, whereas everybody else was just well. Out their there. quarterbacks did not play well. I yeah, think. Max Johnson wasn't very good. Um, Haynes or King, whatever his name. Yeah, he wasn't very good. Yeah. I, 
I'm not sure who's going to be the guy this year. And quite frankly, I don't think it really matters because the biggest problem this team has is their defense. They're so bad on defense. And I'm hoping the young talent gets better. I'm hoping they step up. But if you're one of the D tackles, because we know right now in NFL and college football, teams want to try to rotate six or seven guys on the defensive line, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this year Connor Wegman, 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 whatever, is gonna be the guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm pre- I mean, I think he finished the season last year. Yeah, he did. Very highly touted. Very highly touted. Uh, I think he's gonna be the guy this year. Oh, um, but uh, <clears throat> my question is this though: so uh, they, they do bring back Aeneas Smith this year. I don't know if you remember, he got hurt last season. Evan yeah. Stewart also coming back. Um, so. That's going to be big for them, um, I, I believe, you know, in receiving game to give Moose Muhammad some help. Or oh, did Moose transfer? I don't think he transferred. He didn't transfer. He was smart. He should have, like everybody else. Yeah. Either way. Um, but, yeah, they got those two guys back. And and then also got a good old Petrino coming back. Now, um, they asked at media days if he'd be calling the plays, and Jimbo kind of danced around it. But I don't think you bring back uh, Petrino to not call a play. He's a great offensive yeah, I mind. Think, I think he has to. But Jimbo, uh, but Jimbo's an offensive guy, so he's probably stubborn. You know, he probably don't want to give it to the um the the play calling reins. I guess I don't know, but he should. Petrino's my, a brilliant offensive mind. Yeah, my question with this team is, like I said, looking at the players who are on that defense, um, because I wasn't sure did Shamar Stewart transfer. Shamar Stewart, uh, big D tag. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I need to talk about. Just to remember. I don't know, honestly, because that he was one of the guys we talked about last year, saying like, "Hey, you're an impact guy. You need to play like an impact player." I'm thinking he steps up this year. Yeah, you know, because <clears throat> ain't um the most look. Yeah, he's back. Put it like this. Only four guys in their entire team have more than one sack. Oh, and if you think that number's not very high, only one person ever got to the quarterback three times. <laughs> you know, so you're bad against the run and you can't rush the passer. Does it really matter who's in the secondary? Yeah. I could put Dion, Champ Bailey, Darrell Rivas, Ronnie Lott, and uh, Ed Reed in the sec- the, as a nickel package. With that type of you know box play, does it? I don't think it would matter. Yeah, because I mean, you don't have the time, you know, to actually throw. I'm saying, I mean, mean, sorry, if you're giving them time to throw, then yeah, eventually they're gonna get tired of running around chasing people, and then if not, they're like, well, we don't feel like testing your DBs. We'll just go get almost five yards of carry. Yes. Everybody mm-hmm. this team averaged four point nine yards given up. You realize how terrible that is? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't think you could win on the high school level giving up five yards a carry. Yeah. You know, so in the SEC, this team got some lucky breaks and Arkansas imploding from being four and eight. Yeah. I just, I don't see it. I, I don't think they're going to make that big of an improvement. I really don't. 
Yeah. I think the offense will be better. But then again, like you said, Devon is not walking out that tunnel. Um, they do start off the season with New Mexico. Then they play Miami. Then old ULM. <laughs> now, ULM did shock Alabama one time. Yeah. You think they got a little more magic in them? No. No, <laughs> neither that. But that I'm saying like Ingham did not get the lucky draw in terms of um, East East scheduling this year. You know, they got Tennessee and South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to be a much better team this year. Yeah, they really came on strong last year. Shane Beam is doing a great job. Hey, he is, just not with those shades. Like, he, I know he, (laughs) look, but you know, I'm not going to knock a man in his words, his swagger. That's just his all about his team. They got their swagger. And you know, like you said, they played hot at the very end of last year. I think they're gonna come out swinging. But and um, they have a tough, tough middle of the schedule. You know, the meet from Auburn then Arkansas, which I think they could probably beat Auburn, but Arkansas, Bama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss, State. That's a tough run. That you know, yep. of course, they have Abilene Christian, then they play LSU. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I don't know what's the over under, but a seven and a half. Under. Yeah. I, got, I, got, I have yeah. under. I have under as well. I think, you know, I think New Mexico, ULM, um, Abilene Christian, those are your for sure wins. I, I think at LSU, at Tennessee, Alabama are your for sure losses. So you're three and three right there. You gotta find a you gotta go four and two. I don't see them going four and two with Auburn, Arkansas. South Carolina, Old Miss, Mississippi State. I just, you know, I don't see it that happening. So the crazy um, part is the team I saw last year. Oh, oh in Miami, forget about Miami. Well, they'll beat Miami because I fully expect think... Miami to forget how to play football. Yeah, yeah, that's one. I remember last year that game was so hyped up. Yeah. And the week before, I think they both lost, maybe or. And it ruined all the hype. Yeah. The, yep. the reason why I don't believe Miami can do it. Is I forgotten this guy's name at quarterback. Um, now I can't remember his name, but Miami starting quarterback. Uh, oh, um, uh, um, what's this guy's name? Tyler Van Dyke. Him, I, I think it's safe to say he's not as good as advertised. Yeah, I mean he's he's projected to be like a first round draft pick. That good of a player, you know. Um. You think he's – I mean, maybe he turns it on this year, but he, he didn't look like it last year. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I just – maybe they can beat Miami. But then again, this team did lose to a lot of people they shouldn't have lost to last year. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, so we got the under for a and We both oh. agree on that. We both agree on the over for um, LSU. And then Auburn. Which, I think look- I, think I – Ended up going under after initially sent over. I said seven at first, but I think I think I think I'm, I, think I changed the six. So, but um, I figured next show we can talk about um, Kentucky, Florida, and South Carolina, and then we'll finish it off with the you know the the big uh, yeah the big three from last year: Tennessee, Georgia, and Bama. Oh, but, also, uh, I guess technically technically LSU was, was one of the big three last year, but. 
We yeah, just did them. So more in this group. Yeah, they, they do. But the A and M. Yeah. More questions. And also preview of Florida. Just go outside, light a dumpster on fire. Yeah. That. That's the best. Pretty good. I think that's as good as they're gonna get. Yeah, I just agree. Saying. I'm just saying. I think that team. I mean, they had a top ten draft pick last season, and still was pretty trash last season. Yeah, and I don't... no amount of RPO saved them. And speaking of which, that's oh, what we're oh. moving on to. <laughs> RPO, you guys know the drill. Uh, read the headline. You want to run with it, run with it. If not, we'll pass with it. We got you know the usual five topics today. Uh, we're gonna start with some boxing news though. This happened um, a couple weeks back though. But Canelo Alvarez will face Jamel Charlo, not Jamal, mm-hmm. as expected, um, in September. Uh, run a pass on this one. Got to run with it. Um, look, Jamel's going up two weight classes, by the way, for this fight. Right. Look, I am a fan of the Charlo brothers. I think they both can fight. But I was a bit shocked. You know, I didn't think Jamel would be the one to get Canelo. Yeah, because it was supposed to be Jamal, but Jamal hasn't fought in like two years and it's and just keeps getting pushed back, keeps getting delayed. So, um, just, just just different issues, you know, with him. So, that's more my thing. You know, look, to be fair, I'm going to just give my fight prediction. I think Canelo's going to wipe the floor with him. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, 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 Jamal, I mean, sorry, Jamal. I mean, I think Jamal's a better, better boxer than Jamal. I've always felt that way. Yes. Um, Jamel has a tendency to go kind of wild with his punches. I didn't watch his last fight, but I know it's pretty controversial. Um, a lot of people thought that he should have lost or should have been a draw. Um, I didn't watch the fight though, so I, you know, I can't, it I can't speak those, on it. To be fair, I think it's one of those where you're splitting hairs. Yeah. If you, if you want to be honest, with you, it's not that so much. I think he lost his fight. It's just. It's one of those I completely understand why somebody would say, "Hey, this could have been a draw." And then you know, anytime you have somebody where a fight could be a draw, it makes sense when you get people who are like, "Well, I think this guy could have won by a round, or this guy could." Yeah, win. that's true. It's yeah. just one of those. It was a close fight. I will say that. it was a yeah. close fight. I just, as crazy as it sounds, I think Canelo's just too big for him. I think yeah. Canelo's gonna be too big, too talented, and you know, hey. Maybe maybe it's a good money fight. Maybe it's a good. This is obviously going to be on pay per view. Do you think this should be a pay per view fight? I think it should be. I I'm on the fence if I'm going to buy it or not. Uh, but I, I can see you know because in, at the end of the day, Canelo, Canelo is a pay per view fighter at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's had fighters with far less uh, opposition be on pay per view than Jamel hey. Charlo. Hey hey. Don't talk about Andy Ruiz, okay? When him, when he and you know the once great American fighter, now I'm forgetting his man name, <laughs> uh, Christoph Ariola. When those two fall on pay per view, that's what made me question. I'm like, well, heck, if they can get on pay per view, we could put this podcast on pay per view. Yeah, I'm sure we yeah. could. Uh, yeah, it can't be. Speaking of which, though, uh, our next show we have to. Uh, do a deep a deep dive preview of Spence and Crawford. Just, I, you know, I would do a deep dive, but I'm not calling that fight until I see them in the ring <laughs> and then someone throws a punch. Yeah, and so I've been looking forward to this fight for so long. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, w- I wanted to go, you know, in person, but just 
couldn't do it. Couldn't, nah. couldn't swing it. Um, but speaking of, before we move on, though, did you watch uh Boots in this fight? Yes. What do you think about what, it? What, I mean, you know me, like Boots, my guy. Like I think of all the young fighters out there, I think Shakur is the best as far as like I think he had a chance to go down as like, you know, the greatest. Great. Yeah, all time great. Yeah. Um, Boots is my favorite though. Um, I think he, I think he does kind of like have too much confidence sometimes, you know. But that could be, um, you know, because of opposition. And I, by that I mean that you know, um, standing inside a little bit too long, you know, because he has really good head movement. He has actually pretty good defense yeah. when he decides. But, but you know, this past fight, you know, he just he was just fighting. He was just brawling with the guy, and he just shown that he could fight on the inside, shown that he can brawl with the guy. And knocked out a guy who hasn't been knocked out. Yes, yeah, um, hey, the way he he's fighting with so much confidence, he's an entertaining fighter. The only problem he has is Boots nobody is, wants to fight him. Nobody, I would, you know, if I'm training a fighter right now, if I'm his manager, yeah, we're gonna avoid Boots. Yep. You know, because I got the feeling not so many people know about Boots in this. I would think he's not that popular. Yeah, and that's the problem right there. It's like now he is uh in a better spot than Demetrius Andre. Because Andre is a great fighter, but he's a boring fighter. So yeah. with Andre, he's a boring fighter. He's not well known, but he's great, you know, undefeated. Quite frankly, has never had a close fight. But because he's boring, you know, he's not as well known. And then you know, so Canelo, the Charlos. You don't want to take that chance and fight a guy like him and lose because yeah. you don't really have anything, you don't have anything, anything to gain. Well. Yeah, you don't have anything to gain with that fight. Whereas Boots, Boots is entertaining enough to where I think people are going to ask for, people are going to clamor for that fight. Yeah, Boots um, knows how to close the show. Yeah, you know, which, like you said, Shakur. I I have to agree. I think he's the most special fighter out right now. However, I really would like to see him get tested. I'm not oh, yeah. sure who the man is to test him. I'm not sure, but I want to see Shakur take a hit. Yes. You know, he, the guy doesn't get hit, which, you mm-hmm. know, he might have an iron chin, but... To have a glass chin, but we would never exactly. know. This we'll never know, because he hasn't <laughs> been touched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, but it comes to Shakur, because he's growing rapidly. Um, yes. I've always said that 135 is where he's going to, you know, make his mark, but I felt that, you know, what to wait is where he's gonna, you know, not to end his career at, but that's where he's gonna like really spend like his later prime years in what to wait. So right now, I feel like we got a, you know, three four years of of, of uh one thirty five, but he's, you know, and I think but he's gonna in, do his best work here. But in after that, span, I think he's gonna be a what to wait, you know, moving forward. He's he's, he's actually like, big. I think he's just gonna leave a waste at one thirty five. I think he's just gonna. Yeah, Oppenheimer, you know, debuting this weekend at the box office about the, the atomic bomb and how everything, mm-hmm. everything away. I think that's what he's going to do to 135. I think he's going to have people scared to want to fight at 135. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I could do some good work here, but eventually I have to try to challenge that beast. Yeah, and it, it's, it, and you already got, like, Handy trying to move up um, to 140. I mean, he's talked about it. Um, we don't know what Tank's going to do. You know that tank is tank. Marcel uh, mentioned he's moving up, so a lot of people are trying to move up for one thirty five. 
And yeah. I, I feel like Shakira's just, <laughs> just chasing everybody right now. And he's the boogeyman. He really yeah. is. The problem with Shakur, you, it's tough to have a good fight against him, as we, we currently see, because he makes you look silly. Yep. You're out there, you, you throw a jab, he slips it, you're just looking at the air, and then one, two, one, two, and you're like, well, I don't know where I got peppered from. It, he, because at first I thought, well, maybe he just had really fast hands, but he's got some power behind those hands. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he, yeah, he looks scary, Um, his first fight at 135. Yeah, like, because you, you're hearing the snap of the jab, but it's landing like thunder. It's, he could be, and, and I say this, and I mean this with like all the respect. I think he's gonna be this generation's blow it. Yes, yeah. I really think so. I don't think anybody's beating him. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it either. I, I, do. I would, Um, I would love to see him fight against like a Lomachenko before you know Lomachenko hangs it up. But we'll see. It'd be an entertaining fight because Lomo's gonna you know he's gonna throw. It'd be entertaining. But yeah, apparently, um, Devin Haney has until Friday to decide if he's going to fight Shakur Stevenson or reach Progray. So, well, the money is Shakur, yeah. I, I, I don't I, think he's going to take it. I, I think he avoids it. I, I, mean, he avoids I, I don't it. like, I'm not a very big fan of Devin Haney. I think he's, I think he's dull. Yeah, he's talented, though. I mean, I, I give him that. Did you uh oh before we move on though re- really 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 quick did you watch um Big Baby's last fight against Charles Martin? Yes, I was surprised it went to the decision. Yeah, but Charles Martin is technically a former champion. Granted, he only had the belt for like one fight. He, he you know he won it uh when it was interim, I mean when it was vacant, and then he got beat by Josh for the next fight. Yep, <laughs> but he's technically a former champion. He's so, technically a former champion, uh, and he was a, a you know a, a late fill in. So, but he, you know, he he challenged Anderson and he hurt him. Yeah, that's what I say. There's, it did raise some red flags. Number one, I don't think Big Baby's gas tank is that big. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think he's got to work on that cardio. It's obvious he is not prepared to go into the deep waters. Charles Martin was, you know, he's a big tough guy. Um, the other catch is the problem I'm starting to notice with Big Baby. I think he's much more focused on trying to build his brand than focus on boxing. Yeah. He wants to be a superstar. And don't get me wrong, son, you can. You're a heavyweight. You're a big dude. You got some presence. You got some charisma. But you have to focus on the money making. And that's the boxing. And he, I mean, he was able to get the win. But I think it, we also learned like, hey, what else can you do besides throw power? Yeah. Can you yeah. set up punches? Yeah, but ultimately, though, I think that was good for him. You know, he's been just demolishing everybody he's fought. Yeah. So it's it's good to see him tested. And, and then, even though he did get hurt, he did he still you know he 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 did respond well, mm-hmm. and he um, he did dominate the fight. So that's really all you can he ask did. for. And you just want to see him move forward. All right, but uh, moving on though, next topic here. Going to NFL for a minute. Bill, uh, um, per reports, Bill Belichick. Is apparently on the hot seat in 2023. Run a pass. Pass. Just like who? 
There's no way. <laughs> That's like somebody saying Greg Popovich is on the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm still the belief that it was more better chicken Brady. I don't care that Brady went to uh Tampa Bay once both. That team was ready made. Uh, but you know that's my controversial take that I'm gonna get. Hey, to be you know. fair, Jameis was on Tampa Bay throwing forty picks. Yeah, so the, the team just didn't have a chance to do anything. Yeah. All right. So next topic here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, two WBA stars are founding founding a new women's basketball league. Run a pass. Oh, we're gonna run. Okay. Now I read about this. I remember messaging you, and you're like, "I'm already on it." <laughs> uh, Brianna Stewart and I don't know. I don't know who the other woman is. The pizza call you. Okay. Still, I I don't. Yeah, and, both I mean, players at UConn. But I, I can honestly, I have not watched a WNBA game. I think maybe since like '97. I don't know if they're even yeah, started in '97. You watch it when Cheryl Swoops was. Yeah, know, when Swoops them was playing. But <laughs> okay, so they want to start a new league now. The thing I find that's interesting, they they are taking one of the things because I let me restart. I've watched how the WNBA has struggled and struggled and struggled. I think it's more that the players are starting to understand that, okay, the only way they're going to be able to get some attention is to have their stars in the U.S. Yeah. More often. So they can get more TV time. So they can do more interviews. So you can do more press. So you can actually just be out and about you know, mingling with fans, talking basketball, because currently right now, if you if you ask the average person with the WNBA, they, they, they probably could name five players. Yeah, I agree. And the crazy part about that is Angel Reese, super talented basketball player. She came back to college because she said she makes more money at the LSU than she ever would in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And she's right. thousand percent right. And the crazy part about it, she gets more media attention because more people are going to care about the LSU game. Yep. So the the WNBA is clearly having a disconnect between their fan base and the college fan base. It, it's not translating, you know. Though I I do think there's some problems the WNBA has. I think one of them is you know their fan base right now. The most the person most likely to watch the WNBA is a 40-year-old white man. Mm-hmm. The second most likely person to watch WNBA is a 50-year-old black man. That leads me to tell you, the people who are watching this are people who want to watch old-school classic basketball. People the, who watch sports. Well, that too. You know, These are more than likely the people who just turn on ESPN saying, cool, I got sports on. But they want to see fundamental basketball. The idea that they're trying to do a WNBA Big 3 I don't yeah. think that's going to translate very well. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, um, I think um, you made excellent points. And I agree pretty much everything you said. Um, and But I do kind of like this in a sense of <clears throat> I like the idea of having an alternative for the, for, for the top players to not have to go overseas to yes. make money. But my question is this. How much are you going to pay them? Because overseas, they actually pay their women basketball players a pretty good amount of money. So for me, for me, it's not about you know 
just having the option, you know, you have to be able to compensate them to what these well, women are getting paid overseas. Because these women what? are getting paid close to a million dollars overseas. Whereas, like in the U.S., they're getting paid like a hundred, like less than two hundred thousand dollars. Well, see, that's the pro- that's what's gonna say. I think if I were Brianna Stewart, if I'm her manager, I would say, hey, instead of trying to build a new league, why not work on your current league? Yeah, because one of the problems that the WNB has dealing with the fan base and just fans on social media, you know, I get where they're going. I completely understand when they say, "Hey, we deserve to be paid more." Even I think "deserved" is probably a loose term. I wouldn't necessarily use that. Yeah. But I get where you're saying, like, "Hey, we're professionals. We play on TV. We should. We we want to make more money." There's nothing wrong with wanting that. I think yeah. the idea of saying, "Hey," We want the same revenue split as NBA players. It's a terrible idea because you don't make any money. So you can't have a bigger revenue split if there's no revenue. So the problem with it is, why not say, okay, we need more funding for the WNBA. The NBA more than likely does not care they have to cut a check every year for no. 10 and $25 million. The NBA doesn't care anymore. So what's the difference for the NBA if you say, look, let's just cut this check to keep our players in the States. Realistically, because it's only about 10 to 15 women. Maybe I'm wrong, Trent. Wouldn't That would probably equal up to about 5 million more. Because I think most people in the WNBA and even fans of the game, if Candace Parker, I don't know if she's even a superstar still, but let's just say Candace yeah. Parker, number one, the number one in the WNBA, because I know her. Um, let's say she's making two hundred thousand over those two three months they play. If the NBA was able to say, "Hey, look, we'll bump her salary to, we'll double it," you know, will that keep her in the states? Maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. It, it might, you know. But again, but when then you have nine months of inactivity. You know, you you, you want to do something. Well, that's what I'm gonna say. That's also the catch, you know. The players have to understand is number one, you're never gonna make NBA money. You're just gonna have to accept that. Hey, the NFL, most people in the NFL don't make NBA money. Yeah, that's a big thing going on right now about you know the value of running backs. I kind of wanted to get into that, but we can get into that like later. But I guess we are in the topic. Yeah. Saquon Barkley is never gonna make LeBron money. Uh-uh. It's never gonna happen. So Candace Parker should and the rest of the NBA should accept. You know, y'all don't sell that many tickets, so you're not gonna make five million dollars a year playing in the US. But if you want the comfort of not having to travel, then you can up it. But I think starting a new league, pulling away, because if you run the Los Angeles team, do you really want your stars playing overseas? Do you, do do they even like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they like it. I I do know they, 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 they I, I do know that they don't, but you know they have to make money. So they have to try to you know, you know, the stars, Yeah, look, the stars of WA they have they don't have that long to play basketball. Yeah, you. Know, so I think while you can make six figures are the ones that could get the seven figure, the million or two a year. You should go make it. you know. But I don't think you should delude yourself into thinking we're going to take our game and then just place it 
where in January? Yeah. Do you think? Because now I'm asking you. Do you believe a WNBA big three? Because that's essentially what they. Yeah. Are. I mean, it, it. It's a wait and see. Honestly, I could see it being. I could. I could honestly see it. Be, see it working. Honestly, um, but only because it's something different. And it'll be something fun. And if you if you're not marketing marketing it as a big deal, then maybe it'll actually just be be perceived kind of like the big three. The big three is not marketed as a big deal, but it, it's a niche. So but maybe this maybe marketed, this could be that niche. It's marketed independently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's marketed as it's just just another option for them to you know make yeah, money without a, having to go overseas. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you know, because of that niche, it's different. Like they're not creating a, another five on five league to compete. They're creating something different, like an alternative, an alternative way of playing, because it's also going to have a one-on-one aspect of it too. And I think that could be something that's entertaining, you know. Honestly. No, I think the one-on-one could be entertaining. I just don't think anybody's going to really participate in that. No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Um, right now, I'm a wait and see mode. Uh, we'll see what happens with it, but uh, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I guess that's another question. I would obviously, as we wait and see, when do you fit it in? Because yeah. you can't well, play in March. I, women's I, basketball is going Yeah. On. Oh, yeah. I definitely think women's – I mean, the winter months, I, you know, December, January, I definitely think that's, like, the time because, you know, they're doing it in Miami. So, the weather's not going to be a factor. They're only playing in Miami? I believe so. Okay. I don't just – I'm going to say this now. Call me a hater. Cancel us. Sorry, Train. This is going to flop. <laughs> Maybe. And the reason why I say it, you picked Miami, one a very expensive city. How are you supposed to sell these tickets? Um, well, I'm not in the marketing department, so okay, you know, <laughs> let's, let's just move on. I don't see how you, how are you gonna keep Candace Parker from going overseas to just stay in Miami for what six weeks? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think this is gonna work. All right. So next topic. Um, and another case of crime does pay. Uh, Tennessee must vacate wins from 2019-20 through uh, uh, the recruiting violations, but no bowl ban. Everybody slap on wrist. Run a pass. Very quickly. Run. Remember in NCAA like 06, 07, the program standards? Mm-hmm. And how you could just ignore them and only slap the penalty on players that you didn't care about? Yeah. That's exactly what this is. It doesn't really hurt anything. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. And even though you you're removing those wins, we all saw the games. Does it? I've never understood that. What is the point of removing wins? The game was played. Yeah, basically. Why, why not punish them going forward? I, yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, but them and then LSU recently as well. You know, again, just slap on the wrist. You know, but. You know, it is what it is. You know, like you say, like um, the old saying go better to ask for um, forgiveness. Yep, the, you know, the, the permission. That's basically what's going on. Always, I say all the time, ask for, for you can ask for forgiveness anytime. Yep, permission. Right. Somebody knows a problem. All right, and finally, speaking of the SEC, though, uh, today actually, Greg Sankey, you know, spoke to the media. Or no, sorry, yesterday. No, not not today. Sorry, yesterday. Uh, to the media, and he uh, uh, says only Congress can resolve the NIL issues. Run a pass. Really quickly, because I don't think Congress can fix this. <laughs> I 
I mean, Congress couldn't do anything with Roger Clemens and, and vitamin B12. So, hey. hey, that's what he said he was injecting. Yeah. I, I have to agree with the same congressman who asked him. Hey, Raphael Palmero was firm. He did not do anything. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, well, you got... I don't think it matters. Like, NIL is so out of control. And, and to be fair, he's probably right. Yeah, it is. Like, I think because uh, like, he mentioned how um, they try to enact laws from the state level and how that's not doing anything and how the conferences can't really do anything about it. NCAA can't really police it. Um, they mentioned how whenever the, you know, whenever the NCAA tried to police it, they just begin to sue left and right and losing the court left and right. So it's like they couldn't really get ahead of it. And, you know, so Congress, you know, basically had to step in and they need some kind of, you know, they, they need like like a set of guidelines. Because right now it's state by state, you know, and it's basically paper play. Like, you know, like we talked about this, you know, on the last show, how they're trying to change the rules to where um, nonprofits are, you know, you, you like, no longer allowed to use nonprofits to, you know, funnel money to players basically without them actually earning the money. Yeah. So, yeah. It's broken. It's. I don't think NIL is actually even working. If you want to be honest. No, it's not. I mean, for the players, it's good. And, you know, like I say, get your money. But. Um, well, the reason why I say that is. I think we we know this. The majority of players don't even get NIL. Well, yes and no. I'm sorry. Um, in the grand scheme of college football. Yeah. I say, like, yes and no. Like you're right. But I do think on the um power five level, I think we're getting to the point where like if you go to a power five two school, you're getting something because a lot of these programs, like especially um now the big examples of this is like like Miami. You know, they have a thing set up where, like, basically, if you sign a scholarship up here, they have a pool of X amount of money that goes to all the players that get divided, you know, already off top. Before you even negotiate yeah. your individual contract, you're getting X amount of money off top, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say, the, the real problem, though. If, let's say you're coming out of college, you have offers. Who is taking that group of five offer? When you can go P five, get paid for a year or two, then transfer out with the portal. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like I said. It's I don't like it, but as long as it doesn't mess up high school football for these kids, which it has, because you got kids who are like, "Well, I'm gonna skip my senior season." I mean, last year, you know, Texas had a running back skip his entire season. Yeah, Quentin yours, you know. Famously left South Lake Carroll right before their season started to go to Ohio State, then transfer it out. I that part I don't like, uh-huh. you know. And I've always said this, especially in somebody case like um, with South Lake, you were yeah. the the money. You can't tell me the money mattered that much. I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, me, I I know see both sides of that. Family is probably making. Yeah, just to be around there, the money, the, it could not have been that big of a deal. Yeah, there's no way it was that you thought, yeah, I should skip my senior season because you're never gonna get that back. Like, yeah, I mean, I get both sides of that. Honestly, like part of me says, you know, 
I wouldn't want to skip my senior season. But and again, if you use, that's different because he, you know, he does come from you know well off family. But I know that if I was, you know, coming out in my position, different. and I got offered that amount of money, I'm like, I'm gone. But no, I completely understand for a lot of kids. But then, you know, it's it's also that thing. You know, most kids aren't getting six, you know, high six figure, seven figure deals. Yeah. Most kids are getting, you know, yeah, uh, say fifty to to hundred k, somewhere in that range. If that, I was gonna say less than that. Yeah, as I was saying, so even worse. Are you really skipping your senior season for ten thousand? No, no you're not. Because if you are, I, I mean, I, you... now I do think that that that's one of the things that some of these schools are preying on, though. That they're, they're preying on the fact that some of these kids are desperate and they would take anything. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, we're recruiting you and we're going to set you up for uh, NIL people, you know, and they're going to take care of you when you get to campus. And, you know, they offer, hey, you sign, you get $20,000. That's the most money these people have ever seen in their life. And the so worst like, part is at one time, these kids are going to learn real quick. $20,000 is not much money. Yeah, it's not. Because you're going to sit there. Because I'll, the reason I say that, your senior year of high school football, is the last year football is just about fun. It it just is. Whether I know, like, don't worry, I'm sure playing on Saturdays is incredibly fun. Playing on Sundays is probably incredibly fun. But when people forget, for everybody in the NFL, it is a job. For even for everybody in the NBA, like one of the reasons why a lot of guys don't make an NBA, we talk about fit and opportunities, but there's a lot of guys who just don't try. You yeah. know, they got to go to work for two to three hours, but will show up late. You know, they're not putting those extra workouts in. They're not getting their sleep in. They're not eating, they're focusing on their nutrition. They're not focused. Because I see it in Houston. You know, we'll see guys who play for the Rockets. They're doing everything else. But you know where you don't ever see them? At anybody's gym. Yeah. I'll see you in a lot of different restaurants. Okay, cool, but you don't think you should ever work on your craft. So when you're in high school, you're having the time of your life. Everybody on the team, for the most part, is supporting you. When you leave as the high school running back, you ran for 2,000 yards, and you go to, let's say, Arkansas. A lot of people on the team are probably going to be like, yeah, go train, good job. But you think the backup running backs is rooting for your success? Probably not. Probably not. I guarantee yeah. the dude that was already there is not is hoping you break an ankle. Because mm. we all they're all competing for the league. I just if you're gonna ruin your senior season, I hope it's worth it. Like I said, if you're getting Quentin Ewers money, hey, go sit down. It's this a million dollars or close to it, cool. I get it. Yeah. But if you sitting out, like I said, the kid in Texas, you sell out for like twenty thousand, twenty five. Is that worth it? Yeah, I agree. I, I just, I, I think you're gonna miss that more, especially if you don't play ball. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But as far as Congress, you think Congress can actually fix this? No, I mean they could if they enact some some sweeping changes, but they're gonna need help from the NCAA to enforce these. You know, um, yeah. and I, I just don't. I I I think I think the I think yeah I think the floodgates open up too too far. I think but, if they could stop the funneling money to nonprofits, like you said, I think yeah, that would 
I, I do think I do think that if Congress does get involved in it, it's going to be a case where like they get the IRS involved in it, and then you can really get some crackdown. But once once people start getting hit, we know with these money laundering and tax evasion and oh. you know tax fraud and stuff like that, then yeah, that's when stuff will get changed. Then we Until get then, and you thirty for thirty. Until then, I don't see it changing. Ah uh, man, we need that thirty for thirty. <laughs> if y'all thought SMU was crazy, yeah, and I know uh, this. Yeah, but before we go though, uh, real quick, maybe like two or three minutes, I want to uh, just touch on one more thing. Uh, so twenty four seven Sports released their all three star team from the twenty twenty one recruiting class. Nothing really groundbreaking there. The only reason I'm bringing it up though is because if you look at the at at the uh, list of players of the twenty two players who were named, eight of them have transferred to bigger schools. Um, it might sound like a big number, but eight of twenty two—that's a pretty good sample size, I think, of players who go to a school, do well, and get a bigger offer and transfer, and you know, and and you know, just transfer out, you know, to a bigger school with bigger NIL, you know, bigger exposure. Do you think this is going to continue being a trend, or like, like, do you think this is just something that I'm blowing out of proportion, or do you think this is something that like we've kind of foreshadowed? Nah, it's a trend. Yeah. I think this is going as crazy as it may sound. I think it's more than a trend. I think this is just the rule of thumb. Yeah. Because then, like if you're guess, yeah, if you're a player who don't have that big offer, you're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna take this offer at, you know, South Carolina right now and just, you know, go there, work hard, do my thing, and eventually Georgia's gonna come call. That's where I wanna be. Yeah. I mean like one thing one thing that I would like to see, granted, I mean it's, it's, it's kind of well, I don't know what I like to see it, but one thing I, I think that might help with this is that if players, you know, if you transfer within conference, you have to sit out. I think that might, you know, be a big thing, you know. You but know my biggest problem with yeah, this? Yeah, help, help a little bit, not a lot, though. My biggest issue is, and I'm going to use LSU as an example. Better yet, I'll use Oklahoma's softball team. When you're getting people who are the runner up for all conference, not all conference, like second team. I forgot her name, but she was all conference Big Ten. She was a runner up for Big Ten Player of the Year and transferred out to Oklahoma. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong, but how can a team like? Yeah, you can't build. You you can't hope to build when you know Oklahoma has they won back to back softball championships. I believe it's back to back. They might be on a three peat. I yeah. don't know, but you get I mean, the point. Yeah, it's probably a case where Oklahoma's one of the only teams that's really provide NIL for their softball players. Right. So then here's the problem. It's like South Carolina with women's basketball, LSU with basketball. Like, you got these, like, you got certain programs who are invested in these sports that other teams are uninvested in. So it's going to create that, that serious power imbalance. So we said it with LSU basketball. To be fair, and I really do mean this in basketball, if you have two great players in basketball, it is tough to beat that, right? Yeah. Because you only got five on the court. Mm-hmm. If you have, This ain't the NBA. This isn't the WNBA. You have two elite. LSU has arguably a better team this year coming up. Yeah, because everybody came back. Yeah, everybody came back, and plus they got more. Yeah. I still think South Carolina's going to be the favorite in, in, in uh, women's basketball. And I think them losing, you know, is what allowed LSU to win it all. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, LSU and South Carolina going to be a, a – Crazy rivalry for the years to come. You have a huge game, huge big, and then once again, 
it makes big time atmosphere. People want to come and play. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know about last year. Mm, I think you know it was yeah. I think the uh, final four, like you know, those games were like like some of the highest watched sporting yeah. events of the year. What is it? They like, well, Angel Reese and LSU had energy and excitement. So don't get me wrong, and that's why I said the WNBA has a disconnect with the fan. I don't know why those fans don't translate. I think well, I'll take it back. Actually, yeah. I think I a mean, lot of the fact that they played in the summer. Yeah. And people just Yeah, I think that's part of it. And then also just the fact of, you know, just that the loyalty of college sports is just some people just like the atmosphere of it in in you know, it just in you know, it just makes it easier to watch for them. Right. Is it you know the WMA has their own marketing issues. Yeah, because even if you don't like the sport, you like the school. So people still flip it on. Mm-hmm. You know, you still get that alert on your phone. Hey, so-and-so's playing. I just, like you said, real quick, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see, like, I don't see how this stops. I don't even see how they could get it to stop. The only thing that will get it to stop is players in the smaller schools figuring out a way to say, okay, we can't compete with NIL for all of you, but we can with some of you. Yeah. You know, we some of these guys, we, and also to be fair, you know, if you're all conference, let's say you're uh, you play for Houston because when well, Houston is Big Twelve now, um, but let's just say you were in the the AAC, you know, truth be told, what's the what's the bad part about just doing your three years there and going pro? Exactly, but you know, when I mean, you can. I mean, again, I don't fault the players because ultimately, I, the players. I have this mindset of you have a limited amount of time in your life to make money playing sports. So if you're in the college level and you have a chance to make a lot of money on the college level right away, then, you know, why wait a year hoping to get a big payday in, in, in the NFL, NBA, when you can, you know, transfer now and get, you know, a big lump of money off, off real. Well, you see, that's and, you know, so, I mean, Softball, definitely do it. I don't yeah. care. You could be like, I just yeah. want ACC Player of the Year. Champ. Like honestly, like I feel like uh, uh, unless you're like a LeBron James, where you know you're gonna get uh, just a crazy amount of money upon entering the league, I don't blame anybody for 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 getting the bag. Anybody, I don't yeah. care what the situation is because you never know what's gonna happen. You never know if you're gonna blow your knee out. You never know if you're just not as good as you thought you were. <clears throat> you don't know these things. So yeah, if you have a chance to get the money, get the money because you have a limited amount of time to do that. Realistically, <clears throat> and we, we say all the time, 99% of y'all will never play NFL football. Exactly. So get but, it while you can. So you might as well get paid a little bit. Nah, yeah. But know, it's broken. Or, oh yeah, it's still terribly broken. And I don't think it actually benefits some of these players because I think they quit way too early in some cases. I think they transfer out way too early. I think some don't gamble on themselves when you should take a gamble on yourself. But how many cases of transferring has... Well, Jaheel Billingsley left Alabama to go Oklahoma, and I think now he's a XFL guy. Yeah. So, But, I, yeah. Mm. I said, it don't work out for everybody, but... Yeah. Well, we'll... we'll um... You know, monitor those. You know those situations. I guess see what happens. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. You seeing that article, oh, yeah. like, seeing like the number, the number of the three star guys who 
went to these smaller schools and transferred to major programs afterwards. So it's just kind of something that, you know, um, yeah. it's something that we kind of predicted, but, you know, something that we're seeing. Yeah. But, um, any final thoughts before we head out? Very last thing. So are you applying to uh, get a show on ESPN? I mean, it might as well because they got nobody else right now. Yeah, boy, they're going to work Stephen A. Smith to <laughs> – that man gonna be on every show. Be doing golf commentary. You know, blasphemous. Uh, just nah. It it's a bit sad seeing all those people get fired. Yeah. Cause some of those men say, like, man, I was talking to Big Run. I was, and I said, man, Susie been on TV. It seemed like my entire life. Susie Cobra bear. And then to see, they're like, yeah, she got fired too. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Who's getting fired? None of y'all got a chance. Yeah, they're trying to uh, save money for Shannon Sharp. And Pat? <laughs> yeah, Pat McAfee, yeah. Yeah, Pat, yeah Pat's huge. For the brand. Mm. So the logo, but it worked out. What about you? Any final thoughts? Nah, that's about it for me. All right, I'm man. about to go uh, hit this Powerball later this week, and I'll be rich. So, hey. see y'all that's the way to do it. Yeah, but, but anyway, uh, wrap it up for this edition of INT the podcast. Uh, for my co-host King, I'm A Train, and we out. I right, have a go.